Welcome to the Speak the Language podcast. Today is Monday, September 20th. I'm going to go ahead and tell you before we get too far into this episode that this is probably going to be, in some ways, it's going to be one of the most uh, unique episodes that we, <laughs> we've ever done. And part of the reason for that is I'm sitting um, at our camp house in Arizona. Me and Wilbur have been elk hunting for the past, I don't know how many days now. And pretty much on every other podcast episode that we have put together since the beginning of this thing, We've had multiple people talking. Um, this one's just going to be. This is a. Uh, this is going to be me, myself, and I. Part of the reason for that is, is about five minutes prior to me starting to record this, I realized today was Monday. Uh, that's just kind of. <sighs> I don't know. It's just part of the. <laughs> part of what is elk season. All the days run together like that, and so with me and um, Will and our, our our guy Titan, who we've been hunting with. Uh, came back in. Will was going to get a nap because we have been hunting very hard, very, very hard for, again, I, I don't know, four, five days just here in Arizona, and we had New Mexico prior to that. So uh, Will needed some rest. Um, I needed to get some camera stuff uh, charged back up, and I was sitting there, and I was like, oh my goodness, today's Monday. And I already missed last week, so I'm going to do my best to update y'all on what elk season has been so far, uh, some of the things that we've learned, some of the fun that we've had. Before we get into that, though, I want to make sure if you do not know about the giveaway that we're doing on the podcast, um, we, we all y'all know we're partnered with Onyx. You can use the promo code PRIMOS20 to get 20% off your Onyx Hunt membership. Um, but Onyx recently came out with a bunch of new shirts, and one of the more popular ones was one that they pretty much styled after the Cottonmouth Skin and Shed. And we shared that on the Primo's page. I shared it on my page, and everyone got really excited about it. So we were like, let's give away some of those shirts on the podcast. And you've got today is, yeah, September the 20th. You've got through tomorrow. And um, all you have to do to enter to win one of these shirts is go to the Primo's uh, Speak the Language podcast page on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and write us a review. In the review, make sure at the end of the, end of the review you leave your name in there. And at the end, yeah, tomorrow's the 21st. And after tomorrow, um, we'll go through there and randomly pick out, I don't know, we'll do two or three. And if you don't leave your name on there, we won't know how to find you. And we won't know how to give you a shirt. So if you're going to enter, uh, make sure you leave your name. And it is much appreciated. I think that's all I have left to do. See, this is another reason I'm just not used to doing these things by myself. Usually, like, Jordan's sitting across from me, and he can be like, hey, idiot, you forgot to mention such and such. But uh, doing my best here with the conditions that we got. Um, Primo's YouTube channel, if you haven't checked that out yet, we're putting up new shows every week. You can check those out. Probably the most, the most talked about one right now is the Primo's Originals, and that's basically what everyone has been asking for for a long time we're basically taking hunts from the old days stuff that was on the vhs tapes and we're taking them hunt by hunt and uploading them to the youtube channel and people are liking that a whole whole lot heck i'm liking it a whole lot that's hunts that i grew up watching so be sure to check that out primo's youtube and i think oh our friends at amco manufacturing if y'all watched the show for the past i don't know four or five years amco disc and is what we're using to build our food plots and uh, they're doing a really cool giveaway over at their social media pages right now you can check them out just type amco manufacturing in in facebook or instagram figure out how to win they're giving away like a cooler and some takeout seed 
some hats, all kinds of good stuff. So check that out. Okay. So, um, today, goodness, it's already September 20th. We left September the 10th, left Mississippi September the 10th and drove everybody, drove to New Mexico. And I had the privilege of hunting first because, um, basically because of this Arizona deal. Um, Wilbur drew an Arizona tag and we knew that we were going to have to leave on the 16th. So we decided to get out there and start hunting a little bit early. And the plan was for me to hunt because I had to leave when Wilbur left. Um, so we started hunting. So we drove all day on the 10th, pretty much started hunting on the, started like kind of scouting and trying to get our feet up under us, figuring out where stuff's at on the, on the evening of the 11th. Found some elk, um, as expected, we were a little bit on the early side, which we knew that going in. And, um, I mean, we were hearing elk bugle, but it's kind of, I don't know. I know a lot of guys that listen to this podcast are, uh, turkey centric. So it's, I mean, it's kind of like if you get there before the peak elk rut, it's kind of the same thing as similar to when you're turkey hunting and you know, the turkeys just aren't going nuts yet. You know, they're gobbling, but they're not just, not just full bore, kind of a similar situation, but still you know, still possible to kill one. I'm trying to think back and remember. We scouted that evening, and then the first morning out, um, we were hunting. The setup for basically hunting those elk on the first morning was the elk were out in the flats, and we were going to climb up on this hill and try to get above them and catch them when they were coming up, you know, because there was already bulls with cows, and they're not, like I said, they're not full bore, so trying to call them away from cows usually never works, and trying to just find one by himself and getting excited and fired up and calling one in like that's not as likely either because of this point in the season so our goal was to kind of get in front of where they were already going and that would make the calling job a whole lot easier so to speak so that first morning we went out and we heard a bull and uh got on him uh was above him like we wanted to be had the wind right um ended up working our way down to him and so actually saw that bull uh it didn't pan out he was covered with cows and i think when we got a certain distance from him he, he did come up to take a look and he got close enough he was probably like 90 to 100 yards and he was plenty close enough and plenty big enough that my heart was racing um, at the speed that that you want it to like it, <laughs> it was racing pretty fast but it just it just wasn't going to happen the cows wanted nothing to do with it they turned around and walked off and when that happened of course he turned around and walked off too and then that was like the most i guess um non-action day of my entire hunt the next day <laughs> oh this conversation would be a lot funnier if jordan was here to riff off of because um, he could he would probably either willingly point out things or remember things that i didn't um but there was a the second day i'm pretty sure it was the second day but either way um one day when i was out hunting and we have all six of us together now i mean like there's there's a uh, will um troy brad jordan myself and slade reeves all out there hunting and so everyone's there and um this day we go out and it's, it's I think it was either second or third day. I don't remember. But we were seeing a an increase in the elk activity. And we're like, all right, we may get into something today as far as calling one into bow range. And um, first, what happened, so we started calling, and a cow started answering. It starts, then we see it, and it turns out it's a calf. And Brad and Will are calling. This calf is just carrying on. And all that commotion 
ended up stirring this bull up. We hear this bull start bugling across the flat, start coming towards us. And we're like, we better get set up. So anyways, we scramble. Wilbur and Brad and Slade drop back. Troy and um, Jordan are there running cameras. I remember Jordan says, I see him. He's coming across. And I said, is he a shooter? And I see Jordan's eyes get really, really wide. I'm like, okay, I guess that's a yes. Um, and what happened, so this bull comes across. He hung up for a little while under a shade tree, which I understand it was a hot day. But he ends up breaking and coming when Brad got a little bit more aggressive with him, bugling at him. And it was one of the bigger bulls I've ever seen um, my, myself. Um, definitely one of the b- bigger bulls I've ever had that that close um what ended up happening he got he stood right next to a like a bush that was 53 yards away i'd range that bush at 53 yards and some of y'all i'm sure will have plenty of comments for me when you see the footage because you're going to see how big that bull is and you're going to say you're crazy you should have shot but man i i just couldn't do it um the wind switched on us and he got a little he either saw something or he got a whiff of us because he just locked up and then he's not just chilling there at 53 yards. He's 53 yards, and he's keyed up. You know, he knows he, he wants to know what's going on with those elk that are making all those calls past us, but he's like, what in the world? Something's wrong here, you know? And that was the first shot I'd had, only the second or third day, and I just felt like I was forcing it. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. I've been in situations where I've tried to force things before, bow hunting or not, and typically – when I try to force things, they don't turn out very well. So I made the decision to not shoot at that bull. Um, it was hard. Like I said, it was tempting because he was beautiful, like big, beautiful bull. But I, I will, I can honestly say that I, like, I didn't end up kicking myself after it. I was like, man, shooting at a bull 53 yards keyed up like that. I just, I know there's some guys out there that are, you know, <laughs> Levi Morgan probably would have shot at that bull and pinholed him. But I'm not Levi Morgan. I didn't feel comfortable with it, so I didn't take it. Um, shortly after that, and I mean like shortly after that, like he went off, Brad and Will and Slade come up and they're talking to us, and another bull rips off, and they are, and rips off. And they're like, is he getting closer? And we talk a little bit more about the hunt and why I didn't shoot and so on and so forth. That bull bugles again, and he is closer, and they all go to scrambling. The footage of that is going to be absolutely hilarious because they look like a – I don't know, popcorn popping in a bag. I mean, they just go to scrambling. And this bull comes kind of from the same direction. Like the the first bull came pretty much from straight out in front of us. So if the first bull, the 53-yard bull came came from 12, um, the second bull was coming from 2. And But but that 2 o'clock approach had a little bit more cedar trees and pines between me and him. So when he started coming, I could see him, but he wasn't just out in the wide open. And um, anyhow, he comes out, and uh, I drew back, and I, I don't know, I mean, we have so much going on between me trying to talk to Troy and, and Jordan and them trying to do what they have to do, and maybe I wasn't hidden good enough, I don't know, but that bull popped out, and he was 19 yards away, but he saw something, and the only shot I had was at his neck and head. So I didn't take that shot. And so now it's been... I don't know, within a half hour span, I've had two bulls, you know, close within bow range and hadn't killed one. I was still holding up pretty good at the time, but I was like, man, you know, that's that's somewhat frustrating. And granted, the second bull was not as big as the first one, but he was 
plenty big enough for me. Um, we go on. I'm trying to think. I don't think anything too crazy happened the rest of that day. Uh, we hiked around, hiked around, just didn't really do much else. That evening, we got into some elk, and uh, <laughs> this is when the frustration came in, for me at least. Um, because, uh, like I said, I try to be as honest as I can on this podcast. Uh, I've been able to go, this is my eighth elk season, but vast majority of the time that I've spent doing the, that I've been doing elk hunting, I've been filming. Um, and probably like the time, the stuff that I've been doing, if you want to rate it like time spent, first is filming, second is calling, last is shooting. I've spent the fewest amount of time shooting. So I'm heavy, heavy on the learning side of things. So the mistake I made, I made two mistakes that evening. The first one is we heard a bull bugling on a ridge and there was kind of the, I don't know, kind of this little cut. And I tried to go deep into the cut, kind of formed a little cove. And I was thinking the the bull would come out there. And if I got further into the cove, it would be a lot closer shot. Um, the bull did not come out at the cove. He came out at the mouth of it and ran across the open. And my closest shot was like 65 yards. And after that, I was frustrated at that point because Brad, you know, Brad told me, he was like, man, I know what you're thinking, but they never, they never like to come out or go into those coves. I was like, all right, good to know. I know that from now on. And, uh, <laughs> so, you know, at this point of the day, you got to think, and like in this one little period, I've had three bulls that, you know, could have, should have, would have, maybe could have had a shot if I'd have made the right move and I just hadn't. So I was trying to keep from getting frustrated and actually like right before last light, another bull comes out and this was, it was frustrating at this point, it's also hilarious because I misunderstood where Brad was telling me to go. So I'm down at the bottom. Brad's up top. He doesn't know. He thinks I'm someplace else. So when they're calling the elk, they're not in the right position to call him past me. Where I went, there really is no good position for them to call him past me. It was a, I don't know, it was a grade A cluster bomb. And, uh, <laughs> like, again, I'm sure discussing this would be, a lot funnier if Jordan was here, but this, because Jordan had plenty of thoughts thoughts on that, on that last setup. But you know, um, it just it was one of those things. And uh, well, I'll say this part about the next day is the day I ended up getting to shoot an elk, and that was a incredibly fun hunt. It part of the, honestly one of the reasons for me that made the hunt so fun. Uh, we had to hike a long ways to get up there. Um, we had a few more like small mishaps that no one could really help. We just like wind switching, that sort of thing. And I was trying to keep from getting frustrated and ended up the way the hunt shook out is, uh, we were catching the bull and a bunch of his cows. They were kind of in between him and this place where they like to go water. And, uh, they almost caught us setting up. And, but luckily again, with the whole team of us back there, Will, Will was probably like, 150 yards back calling and he was making such a commotion and causing such excitement that it made those elk come back past us and i ended up i shot him at 34 yards um the most interesting part about it is like i had to i had to hold draw for two minutes and 14 seconds which was ironic because i was literally telling brad and will the day before that I had been practicing holding my bow at full draw because I've seen situations where you get caught where you have to hold hold draw longer than you intended to. And uh, in that exercise, what I would do is take my iPhone, 
turn the timer on two minutes and I would just hold my bow at full draw and hold it on the target and I wouldn't shoot until the phone went off. Little did I know that the exact situation I would be in uh, (laughs) would involve me holding my bow drawn back for two minutes and 14 seconds. The reason I had to do that was when the elk finally started coming, there was a lead cow and uh, a lead cow is kind of like a big nanny doe, so to speak. I mean, she was coming up looking around suspicious and the bull was probably i don't know 20 30 yards behind her and i was like if i don't get drawn back and and drawn back and beat her her eyes there's no way i'm getting drawn back on that bull so i waited till her head was behind some trees drew my bow back and uh and waited and i'm not gonna sit here and say it was easy because i had been practicing for it i could say i probably couldn't have done it had i not been practicing but towards the end of that two minutes and 14 seconds my shoulders were burning but uh <laughs> it worked out and it, it was just, it was, it was very special for me. Um, I will say, I think everyone would say that having six people in an elk hunting posse is not the easiest thing in the world. But it was incredibly rewarding to be able to share that moment with all those guys, literally all of them. None of those guys on the team would I have to go back and tell them about how this hunt was down. They were, they were all there. Will, Brad, Troy, Jordan, Slade, all of them were there. I got to high five and hug all of them. And I say that because Jordan gives me crap all the time because he's like, man, you shoot something, get inside, and you want to hug everybody. I just can't help it. <laughs> I just can't get so fired up. Um, so, yeah, we were all there together. It was such a fun hunt. And um, looking back at it, kind of going back to what I was talking about with the day before when I was getting so frustrated with making the wrong decisions on those setups, after I had killed that bull, and I went to filming, I realized that I had inadvertently um, put a different type of pressure on myself, that I was focused so much on that shooter role that I was like not catching things that I would normally catch. Will and I were actually talking about this when we were driving to Arizona. I was telling him, I was like, Will, I don't know what I'm doing, but it's like I enter a whole different mindset when I'm shooting and I got to figure out how to shake it. Cause like if I'm filming or calling, I've been doing those things long enough. No one really has to tell me anything. I just kind of already know what I need to be doing, but, um, something I definitely need to work on if I ever get the privilege to be in the shooter position again. But that's, that's kind of what happened. I was just getting so focused on certain things that put in a certain level of pressure that I was just making these decisions. Like when I, the last setup, the one I was telling you about when me and Brad got crisscrossed and where I was going, like after it all kind of shook out and we didn't get a shot at the elk, I was looking around. I was like, why in the world did I come down here? Like, I know this isn't a good place to set up. I'm just trying to react and do things right and not, not screw up that I ended up screwing up. So, um, I don't know, but that's one of the things about elk hunting and hunting in general is if you're, you're going to (laughs) learn, you're always going to be a student out there and um, Lord willing, you keep your head up and keep a good attitude about it. And fortunately for me, you have people that surround you that can tell you things. I mean, you know, in my situation, I have guys like Brad and Will that have been doing this forever that can say, hey, next time you're in this situation, do this and this and this. And it just, it's very helpful. So that was my hunt. Um, the next day, I was pretty happy about this. The next day, Jordan started hunting and uh, Jordan ended up killing that day and was that's why i was happy about it because me and will had to leave for arizona the day after that and i was like man I'd, I'd like to see jordan kill a bull before before we have to go jordan's hunt was 
really cool because again liking it to turkey hunting you know how you'll hear some folks say you know I'll, I'll kill a turkey anywhere i can but i like getting them in the timber uh and elk hunting's kind of the same way for me at least whenever you can get in like some dense thick timber for some reason to me it just makes the calling aspect so much more intense because they really have to you put the elk in a situation where he really has to come search for you and it we we hunted close to the place that i did the first day where i was talking about we try to catch these bulls coming out of the flats and working their way up because they go a certain way up that mountain and they bed up and um we heard them over there we took our time got the wind and worked till we got above them and will and brad started calling and again let me take a short break here i'm saying this and i'm, I'm telling these stories in like a condensed form because i don't have a lot of time like it, it took i don't know how long we hiked but we got way up there and um anyhow we finally get in the position where we're where we're going to start calling i'm filming jordan me and troy both brad and wilbur and slade drop back troy's filming them as they call and uh will and brad got this new system worked out like we you've heard us talk about drop back calling with elk before but they got this thing now where brad will get about anywhere from 70 to 100 yards back but he can still see the shooter you know he can see all you know us set up and see what's going on and then will will get another 100 yards back but he can still see brad and what he'll do is he'll brad will call some but he's also signaling with will what to do which way to go all this kind of stuff it works out tremendously but jordan's hunt was incredibly fun because that bull got so incredibly fired up I think because of the different commotions that Brad and Will were making and it just sounded like there was, you know, a couple bulls and cows up there and he just got really cranked up and came running, literally running up the hill. Jordan had to call to stop him. I th- I want to say he was like 14, 15 yards when he shot him. Just a really, really cool hunt. Um, and that was fun because, again, all of us were there together. We all recovered the elk together, and then we quartered it up and had to pack it down the <laughs> pack it down the mountain together, which I always, I, I really always enjoy doing. Um, some people say that's crazy. I just I don't know. Again, coming from before I actually got the opportunity to elk hunt, um, just watching it on videos and stuff, I just thought it was I don't know. It just looked like it added to the so-called adventure, having to quarter it up and put it on your back and hike it out. It just seemed cool to me, and it still does to this day. So that wrapped up um, mine and Will's time in New Mexico. We had to pack up and leave the next day and head to Arizona because Will drew a Unit 1 Arizona elk tag, which I think it it was kind of funny how it worked out because I was in Arizona with Brad last year in Unit 9. He had been putting in for like 24 years. I think this tag took... 20 years um they do all their applications and stuff through a service called worldwide worldwide trophy adventures which if guys seriously um if you haven't looked into anything like that you should just the service that they offer like i don't know how many times y'all i know i've been in this situation a bunch you're going to put in for draws and stuff and you forget and miss the deadline um those these world worldwide trophy adventure guys know how to work that they know they don't if you get in their system and you work with them and tell them what you want what you're trying to draw that it it's like putting your 
I don't know. It's like when you get your phone bill and put it on auto draft, you don't have to worry about it. That's how the the application process works with WTA. You're not going to miss any put-in deadlines. It's really cool how it worked, and they were a huge component on, in how Brad and Will both drew these Arizona tags. So, anyhow, beyond that, so Will and I show up here again. We've been here. I think we've been here four or five days now. I don't know. Really, really elk season. Everything just runs together. Um, I know the the team has been has not stopped uh, kicking it in New Mexico since we left. I know Jimmy rolled in and he killed an antelope, and we got a text that Brad Brad killed a bull either yesterday or this morning. I don't know, but so yeah, now in New Mexico, the as it stands, T Roy is the one tag holder left. And they've got till I think the season in New Mexico closes on like the 24th, so they've got time. Uh, meanwhile, Will and I are over here in, in uh, Arizona. We've been hunting very, very hard. And I tell you one thing: this may sound funny, especially if y'all have spent any of y'all listening have spent time in Arizona. Um, like I said, I went to Unit Nine last year. Where we are in Unit One. I had no idea. For me, whenever I thought about Arizona, I thought about like deserts and canyons and stuff. Where we've been in Unit 1, it looks like some of the places that I told Will yesterday when we were hiking around. I said, this looks like some of the places I've hunted in the Rockies in southern Colorado. Like it's it's unbelievably beautiful country. Just big mountains and aspen trees and ponderosa pines. It's just it's gorgeous. Uh we have been in elk. Uh, we have not successfully uh, killed one, obviously, or we still wouldn't be here hunting. Uh, but we've been hunting hard. Um, just had a bunch of mishaps with, uh, well, it's hard to say mishaps. We've caught a lot of, like, not, when I say young, I mean, not like, oh, y'all didn't shoot that because it was small. I mean, like, no, nah, like, young bulls. They bugle like full-grown men. But, um, and that's another thing. <laughs> we've been talking about this, me, Will, and Titan, about folks that say they can judge how big an elk is based off their bugle if anyone ever ever tells you that they're either lying to you or they're delusional because you cannot do that <laughs> i like as some of these uh some of these young bulls that we've caught in have sounded like full-grown men and then i remember i called i called a bull in for will walker two or three years ago and he had the wimpiest sounding bugle that you could ever heard but he was he was big mature bull but anyhow um, yeah, we've called some young bulls in. We have had a heck of a time uh, with the wind. The wind has been our enemy the past two days. And like it's, when I say our enemy, like we'll be working towards a, a bull that we're trying to set up on with the wind in our face, and all of a sudden it'll switch. And it won't just switch. It'll switch like the worst direction possible and blow them out. That happened this morning. Uh, like truly, this morning we were working towards a bull. We get set up on the bull, and... Uh, Titan's back calling. I'm over there with Will. Bull's bugling. He goes quiet for a little while. All of a sudden, he rips a bugle out, and he couldn't have been 100 yards away. And we're in this big, beautiful aspen grove. I'm like, man, this would be a beautiful spot for Will to shoot one. And uh, all of a sudden, he goes quiet, pull the wind checkers out, check it. It switched. Now it's blowing straight to where he was. We're like, man, cannot catch a break. So um, I said, we've had a, a great time bulls are bugling um <laughs> we did have a an instance yesterday where a bull came in directly behind us we were working a bull in front of us and all of a sudden a bull rips a bugle behind us and he's like within eyesight we managed to get turned around and he's a shooter bull big 
big, pretty bull. And uh, Will could have shot the bull if Titan wasn't between us and the bull. It's pretty hilarious footage. Like, you see the bull standing there, and you can tell he's about 40 yards away. But right below him, like curled up in front of a stump, is Titan. (laughs) And Will's like, man, I could have shot him, but I would have had to shoot like dangerously close to Titan. And I'm not going to do that. I'm like, yeah, I'm glad you didn't. (laughs) It was, it's been pretty wild. Um, But we're all in good spirits, um, hiking a lot. And I guess we've got, I can't remember how many, how much time left we have here. Again, I didn't even realize today was Monday until right before I decided to record this first solo podcast if you will i'll tell you this like if you're listening to this and going hey i'm I'm not as big a fan of this as it is when it's like more than one guy talking well you're me and you're in the same boat i don't plan on making a habit out of doing episodes of me just talking i like being a riff off other people but again this is the situation that we've been handed today and i'm honestly surprised i made it to 28 minutes and 54 seconds where i'm looking at the timer right now but unless I'm missing anything, which I probably am, I think I've completely caught everyone up on the happenings so far with this elk season. It's been a lot of fun. We've had some success. We've had some frustrations. We've hiked a whole lot. I think Will and I did like 12 miles two days ago and like, I don't know, 10 some ten and some change yesterday. I mean, we're putting the work in, but it's fun. You know, I mean, you, you don't really... I mean, like when you go uphill, I guess you realize you're hiking, but when you're not hiking steep stuff, you don't really realize how much you're moving around until you get to the end of the day. Uh, you don't really think about it when there's bugling bulls you're chasing. But anyhow, I think I'm going to sign off because it uh, won't be too terribly long before we head back out for the evening. Maybe we'll shoot one. Who knows? Um, I hope Will shoots one, and I hope Troy fills his tag in New Mexico. That would make everything just icing on the cake. But we're going to sign off. Again, uh, don't forget to enter the giveaway for the Onyx T-shirts. Go to our page on Apple Podcasts, leave us a name, write us a review, leave your name in the review, and you will automatically be entered. You can enter as many times as you want. And, uh, yeah, check out the YouTube channel. Check out our Shows and Outdoor channel. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast.